Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you all. And Merit Hashem, looking forward to taking your questions or comments regarding the psychological mental health field. The number to call in and ask your question is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we are here waiting, looking forward to taking your question or your comment. And... We're going to start with a first, a wonderful Mazel Tov to Rav Nissen on the beautiful wedding of your daughter to the most amazing, wonderful Hassan. It was beautiful to see you with the whole family, such a beautiful Mishpachas get-together, and the Rabbi Yishlam should continue to give you brachas and nachas, and it should be a binyan adayad, shemu teferes, shem, and we should be zeichet to have the gulish lemu at all our simchas. Amen v'chen lemo. Yeah, I should even tell you, not only to your children, all your children, from to Elder Enekloch, what a beautiful family, Kanai Nahari. You and your Rebetzin together, it was so nice to see. Amen. We miss all your right. wife and your mom. Ah, that, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Merit Hashem at the next Simcha, we'll Amen. get that. Yeah. Um, so again, for those who would like to call and ask you a question, the number is 718-683-5858. That's again, 718-683-5858. So we're going to take a question that was sent in a little earlier. And the question is like this. Can a therapist be codependent? My sister's therapist is seeing her twice a week, and there's absolutely no change, and she is seeing her for over a year. Can it be she's seeing her just for the money and not to help? So this gets a little controversial, and let's first deal with step number one. Uh, your sister is going to the therapist two times a week, and you're not seeing absolutely any changes. Step number one is for us to recognize just because you don't see changes doesn't mean that there aren't changes happening. There are several clients that have come to me, and many times they tell the family they're coming for one issue, or they tell others for one issue, and we're not seeing the changes, but really there are other issues going on, and we don't want to share what's happening. In fact, by me, I have a policy that we tell family members when someone's coming to me for therapy, all they're supposed to tell them is, yes, therapy is helping, they're feeling changes, yes, they're feeling things are moving. However, they should not be talking about what the therapy sessions are about because sometimes it might be about them. Sometimes it might be about a topic that the person doesn't want to share, and then they're going to have to start lying or covering it up. So the question should really go on a different level. Not that your sister's going twice a week and you're not seeing any changes. The question, if you'd be sending it to me, is my sister's going twice a week and she's telling me she's not seeing any changes. Should she continue? Now we would have the question, oh, why is the therapist continuing? A, is she doing it for the money? B, depending on the diagnosis, there are some diagnoses, unfortunately, that we know originally it's going to be two years of therapy. And there still should be changes, and we've got to see what's happening. But it's all depending on some of that. We've even once had a complaint where someone said they feel their family member is going for therapy and the ther- family member got worse. In reality, the family member was actually getting better. It's just the unhealthy family member, the one that's calling and complaining because they lost their control or they lost their cynical and comments that they can't share because that family is now starting to create healthy boundaries. So therefore, when someone is asking about their other sisters or about their family members and that one doesn't see... We usually try not to address those questions. We really try to address the questions when someone says, I went to therapy for a year and it wasn't working, or I've tried something and it's not happening. (coughs) Excuse me. So that is how I would like to get the concept. But 
for those of you listening, if you go into a therapist for about eight sessions or even ten sessions and you're not seeing results or you're not seeing changes, please do me a favor and discuss it with your therapist. I know my clients, if they're having the second session and they're barely seeing results, boy, do I hear about it. So I have a hard time believing that someone will go to a therapist two times a week, pay money out of pocket, and still continue by that therapist because it takes time and not see any results. So I think we'd need the person directly asking this question. The number to call in and to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to go to Mrs. H. Mrs. H, you're on the with Diana of Nissen. Hello. Hello. Mrs. H, yes. How are you? Baruch Hashem, thank you for asking. Okay, so I was wondering, I have a daughter who's, like, depressed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And so, again, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, What we are going to do is we are going to continue with the last, with that last call, with that sort of with the last message that we had, because it's extremely important. And, again, we're waiting for people to call in. You have now the opportunity to call in. The number is 718-683-5858, Karen, listen, you know, it's interesting that when people come to therapy, sometimes they even have a very unhealthy expectation. I've recently had someone that just wanted my okay just to hear that if they take medication that they're not crazy and that it's normal to get off it and that they can get off it and be completely healthy. And I told them it always depends which diagnosis, but almost, almost all of them, most diagnoses, yes. We just need a little something, a little help. We, need, we might need some other stuff. And sometimes when they fight us, when we're so clear what, we, what they need and they don't want to do it, then it can even take longer and longer And then again, family members could be questioning us and saying, I don't think so, or it's not moving. Do you ever find there, that when you're doing some work that someone's asking you or questioning you about what you're doing, why you're doing it, you should have done it differently when they have no idea what was happening? Uh, Rabbi Mordechai, I just uh, was was, uh, trying to to separate some phone calls, you know, just... uh, if you can continue talking about uh, uh, that issue, I'll, I'll gladly help you. <laughs> gladly uh, answer my, the question, okay? Okay, sure. There's, we'll take, so you want me to repeat the question or you're busy tweaking the callers? All right, so let's go ahead. There's another question. We've actually got the several questions. As we usually know, Rav Nissen always sends them to me. We usually don't read them, but we're going to get the callers. So just till we get them through the system, we're going to take over here. Another question. How do you overcome FOMO? I like this message. FOMO, it's a young slang word for fear of missing out. FOMO, fear of missing out. And since it's a teenager, I'm assuming asking, because that's the only language who uses the words FOMO, let me first explain to you it's completely age-appropriate. One of the greatest fears of a teenager is if I close my eyes, if I go to sleep at 3 in the morning, I might miss something that's happening at 4 in the morning. 
the amount of times that a teenager would check that cell phone, the texting, the messages, they heard something's going on, they have to have every single detail, and then they need to hear it from 10 different people. First step is to realize fear of missing out is a self-esteem concept. That means that if I'm in the hock, I know what's happening, I feel great. If I don't know what's happening, then I am left out of the situation. And what we want to do is we want to create a concept of the other way. The stronger and more confident you're comfortable doing what you need to do and not being concerned or interested or worried about the other one, what happens then is you have the ability to be strong within yourself. You have the ability to be peaceful within yourself. Then you have the ability to be a huge magnet that people will want to be around you. So if you notice, the leaders aren't always those that are around. The leaders are those that are also happy to say, I don't have to be around. I'm comfortable not being around. Okay, so now we've got several um, messages. We're going to start with Mrs. R, and we're going to ask um, the kids that, let's say, we'll take one or two questions, but we're looking mostly for adults. So Mrs. R, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Okay, um, thank you for taking my call. I don't have too much information about the question I'm going to ask you, I just realized, but maybe we could just touch on it. Um, I was working as a substitute in a play group a while back, like, you know, whatever, a month or two ago, and there was this little girl, so adorable. Every time I looked at her, she gave me a big smile, you know, when I said her name. But she wouldn't participate in anything. Like, she would, like, if we gave her an activity to do, like, she didn't have any patience to do it or to play around with any kids, and there's nothing physically wrong with this child. She's cute, adorable, and let's say, like, lunchtime, she'd, like, the last one to finish eating lunch, and then we'd have to put her, you know, down to rest, and, like, she wouldn't initiate anything by herself. I felt so bad for her. It looked like Rahman's case. But is there, like, you know, any testing that can be done in such a young child? She's, like, two and a half, three, maybe. Is there any way to... Diagnose such a thing, to, or is it just Absolutely normal? Absolutely not. Some kids Let me tell slow. you, ten diagnoses that can all be so normal and simple. Number one, you say in kindergarten, there's a new substitute. She's petrified of you. That's normal and healthy. No, 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 no. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. She was like that before I came and after I left. I spoke to the um, teacher who gave care there. Nothing to do with me. As a matter of fact, she would like have the most contact with me. I was only one. Like cannot. She would like you know, associate with. It wasn't that at all. It was just... No, I wouldn't dare do that. There's so much age appropriate to this kid. There might be issues. There might not be issues. She might not like the teacher. There might be other stuff, a kid in the class that's not doing well. Before we start diagnosing her, we first need to take care of the environment. I don't know how this girl's in the house. I don't know how she was the year before. I don't know how she is the year after. I just think there's a lot. This is one important thing. One thing I forgot to tell you, she doesn't even speak in the playgroup. Now, the the teacher who takes care there spoke to the mother at home. She said she doesn't stop talking. Right. So there could be a lot going on. There's a lot of, you see, people like giving fancy diagnosis to things. I am very hesitant to diagnose, especially children at that age. There's a lot going on. I would... If I was a parent, I would spend a little bit more time with my kid in the playgroup and then start seeing what's happening before we start diagnosing anything. Uh-huh. Very the mother easy should to come and spend words. time there? No, no. You see, what's happening is you're asking me to God. I don't want to say anything what to do. That's all. Oh. <laughs> all I'm saying is it's complicated. You need The mother needs to reach out. 
not you like a substitute for one day and you heard it. It's nice that you're creating the awareness, but I feel like you want an answer, and I would never do that to a child that age. We can almost label No, I, I was subbing there for about two weeks. You know, I observed. It wasn't just one little day. You know, it was going, you know, for a while. I saw this is how the child is. I spoke to the teacher and said, yeah, that's how she is. We don't know why. Right. So then my next step would be recommending to inform the parents and and really to inform them after a month, like max to give it a month, and then go, parents, we have an issue with your kid. Your kid is not speaking. Yeah, so and we've got to do something about it. What? So what should a parent do? Try, try to go for therapy with the child? Start getting advice. Let the parents start reaching out for help. Yeah, there's a lot that could be happening. We have to find out what's um, happening by the parents. We have to find out what's happening with this kid. We have to find out, is this kid shy in other places or just the school? We need to find out what type uh-huh. of teachers going on. We need to find out, were they good when certain kids were missing? We need to start asking the teachers several questions. Uh-huh. There are a lot of variables in here. A tremendous here. amount of variables. Does the, does the girl need a little one-on-one when, there's a teacher, when the teacher spends a little time with her? Does she talk then? Maybe this girl no. needs some more one-on-one attention. Is there like one kid in the family till now? Or maybe she's like the oldest kid and she's used to getting attention also and she's in a playgroup where everyone's got to fight for their own. Before we start diagnosing uh-huh. this girl, it could even be an issue in school. She could be an image that she's afraid of. There's a picture on the wall and she's afraid of a lion and she's uh-huh. petrified from that. And that's the reason why she doesn't talk. Before we start diagnosing the selective mute and issues and social stuff, before we do all that, you first speak to the parent, you speak to the teachers, the teacher asks the girl... And then maybe you take her, like, to a play therapist just to see what's going on. We might find there's nothing wrong with a girl. It could just be in the environment. Uh-huh. Could, could be, be parents thing. are fighting. Could be the teachers are fighting between themselves and this girl is more sensitive. Could be this uh-huh. girl isn't eating well. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of things. Could be this girl well, needs a bathroom and she's uncomfortable. There co- what? You just said about a play therapist. Um, well, I was afraid you were going to say that. I was afraid I tried saying <laughs> that. The minute it went out my mind, I hear... I, I'll tell you, Mrs. R., I have an interesting issue. I feel from your call you want to hear this kid's got problems. That's, I, I, I feel like I'm walking mm-hmm. on eggshells around your answer. No, I want to solve her issue because she's so you cute don't, That's so not sweet. your job to solve it. You're a substitute for two weeks. Your job is to inform, not even you. It was a teacher's right. job. If you'd want to know, I feel mm-hmm. neglectful on the teacher's part that we're now talking about more than half the years passed and the parents weren't informed or the parents aren't No, she, the teacher did discuss it with the mother and the mother simply said, well, at home she talks. Okay. Well, then we let go and then we let the parents deal with the issues and the parent, the teacher calls back a second time or a third time saying it's a thing I think you should take care of, but you're the parent. And then we let go. It's not in your power to actually or your job. I hear. I just wanted to hear your take on it. I got it. Yeah, my okay, take is that you. it is so complicated. We do not make evaluations or assumptions seeing the child and at that age without speaking to the parents, without speaking to the teachers as well, uh-huh. and getting a full picture. There can be so Got many, it. as you said, so many different variables that we do not jump to conclusion. Unfortunately, jumping to conclusion too early can actually harm this, uh-huh. this child. Uh-huh. Right. I hear you. Very so I good. think it's extremely great that, you're, that you want to help. And I think that's really nice of you. I'm just concerned that if we jump send to a therapist, that that I don't know if that's going to happen or if that's the right step. Hmm. First, that we need the parents and your on board. Therapist saying that. <laughs> no, I think the next step I would have the parents, the teachers, maybe say, "Parent, please come in and just watch your daughter for an entire three hours and see how she doesn't talk, see how painful that is." 
That is a very good idea. And then we could also see if she somehow would show Sure, and then the teacher also has a right that I do with some of my, not some of my clients, with people, and I feel I can't help her. If I feel staying by me is a disservice, I would make the referral to them, but you cannot stay here anymore. If I was a teacher, maybe I would tell the parent, you know something, I'm going, to get another, I'm going to get another kid coming in, but I can't watch your child suffer like that, and you just saying it's okay. We're telling you there's an issue. Mm-hmm. So I would focus, you see, I always focus on the one asking the question. Since you're the parents asking the question, uh, the teachers, I'll focus on you, the teachers. What is within your power to do? Mm-hmm. Not what the parents should do. It's very easy telling others what to do. What's within your power? Thank you for the awareness. <laughs> um, I think you answered it very well. Like, wow, you put a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> okay. Good. Great. Okay. Thank you thank for you. all your ideas. You're thank you so, so much. welcome. Great. Bye-bye. We are going to go. This is R. This is R. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hi. Is this me? Yes. I guess so. I, yes. <laughs> okay. That's a little bit unbelievable for me that I'm the one on the phone line um, when I listen yeah. to your show so much. Um, first, I'd like to thank you for your amazing, amazing work. A lot of my um, way of thinking and a lot of the way I view people changed since um, I listened to your shows. A lot of awareness. Um, really amazing. Wow. Thank so you. Thank you for that. What a schuss. Yes. Okay. And so now my question. Please, let's include my co-host. Sure. Here, exactly. He's part of the work. So thanks That's to you as it. well. Okay. I'm just um, so my question up is like down. this. Um, I like giving to people. I like surprising people. Um, and recently, it made me think if it's coming from an unhealthy source, um, or it's just it's something that I enjoy doing. Great. How would I know uh, if I'm giving because I'm not happy with something, or I, or I want to change something, or is it just because this is what I like doing? Great question. Let me even okay. rephrase your question. How does someone know when they're giving? because it's healthy to give, or they're codependent that they're being trapped that they have to give, or they feel worthless and they feel only value when they help others? The answer is very simple. When you don't want to give, can you say no? If the Torah tells you now, um, It's give, not as much as giving. It's more like, um, not regular giving. It's more like surprising, I would say. I feel I can be boring, so the only way I'm, I can't, I'm not boring is by giving. That was the only unhealthy... Um, uh, that was the only unhealthy thing that I was able to find when I was, like, thinking about it. Other than that, it's really something I want to do. It's really something I like doing. I love when people are surprised. Um, I was just thinking Let maybe it's coming from... Let me ask you, let's take it back a, a second. Can you surprise yourself? Do you always need to surprise others? Or can you, do you enjoy being by yourself? I do. I definitely do. All right. It's so. more that I, I, um, like, nothing... I can't come home with empty hands. I can't, um, like... I always have to buy is something. I was like, this is my friend now married. Half the time. That what? Is it, can you come home half the time without giving? What happens if you come home and you don't give and you don't have something in your hand? I, I didn't mean exactly every single time. Um, but it can't, too much time can't pass without me giving something. Let's try something like this. What happens if you don't give? If time passes by and you don't give? Let's say you make up for the next three days, you're not going to give anyone anything. How do you feel? Um, it's, not, it's not actually with gifts. It's also with um, being creative in some way, like presenting so something more nice. And I know this is a I'm very gonna healthy... you're going to avoid. I think you need to be clear. What? Like, you're not what? sure what you're asking, and I think you need to I be think clear. I'm, I want to answer your question because I'm 
pretty clear with my question. So maybe if you ask me what you, you're not understanding, I would be able to I can't. I don't understand what you're When I'm asking, are you giving? So you're talking about giving. Then when I talk about giving something, you say it's not giving, it's about being creative. So then, um, yeah, well, I, I don't I know see what creative means. Think. Giving um, means so I have an object you. and I want to give someone a present. Creative means I like to draw and I tell a person I'll draw something for you. What's creative? Um, define creative, define giving. Um, okay, so I guess it's a combination. No, um, uh, you're making it, it complicated. Grounded. What? By the way, this is what I do to all my clients, especially at evaluations. They're so frustrated with me. You need to give me an actual thing. Give me five times that you gave in the five things that you gave and you are creative. If you can't tangibly give it, then we'll be going, we'll move moving on. Um, so when I leave the house, I would make sure something is on the table. Don't know what something um, on the table means. Define something uh, I would buy table. a goodie from the bakery. I don't know what um, that I means. I come home you from a wedding out, night. You would buy a what? what goodie? Define. Give it the details. A Danish. Come on, go. A you Danish would go from the to a bakery. You would leave your house, go to a bakery, buy a, pe- buy a what? A cake, a cookie, and come back and leave it on the kitchen? Yes. That's it's basically from I, I, I'm married, so it's what basically from my that? husband. You call that giving or creative? Um, that's more giving. It's, I know it sounds pretty petty for like giving because we should all be giving at, at least that much. Um, I it's actually more don't I feel think like so. I, I don't know how many people actually go out of their house, go to the bakery, and just bring something and put it back on the kitchen table to go give. How often would you? Do um, this? No, it's when it's more like when I I, I know that I'm not going to be home. Um, I don't know what that means. I know when I won't night. be home. Does that mean the whole night? Does that mean for a week? Does that mean you, you're no for a night? You're, you're, I'm no, not for, a for mind reader. I need something. details, details, details. Okay, please. okay, sure. Um, uh, let's say my husband wasn't feeling well. I had to come home with balloons. Um, and get well soon balloons. Um, so well, that's nice. That's wonderful. I know, I, I know that I'm not doing anything wrong. My question is, it's, it's nice for sure, but my question is, how healthy is it for me to always, I can't to this very that often... I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure what you're asking. I'll be very honest with you. Like, I understand pictures not by words. You see, like, we all have words. Like, when I tell people don't speak therapy language, I do that all the time. It's like mm-hmm. I, need, I need clear things. So I'm not hearing... Exactly what's your question, what you're giving, if it is too much. But I'll tell you what, Harvness, and can you get involved, please? Yes, I, let me ask you, you are new, newly married? Yes, I am, but I was like okay. that always. But is my that, friends, okay. um, and now I'm, yeah, I'm newly married. It's, uh, it seems like a very, very fun. First of all, it's Ishar uh, Koach about, you know, taking care of the new husband and taking about okay. the small stuff. That uh, it's... It's a small, big stuff that you leave. You're going out and bring the Danish and put it like this. And you, you want to, to show yourself. First of all, you want to show your husband that you are good. That's the one that you want to impress. Somehow, uh, mm-hmm. you want to show. But the feeling, it's, it's, it's very nice to be a giver. But the question like this is, right, as uh, Mordechai said, what, what is going to cost you? It's bother, if it's bother you, so it means some, 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 it's not so 100% as a giver. If it's not bother you, so uh, go ahead and continue. Mm-hmm. It's just bothering me because I thought that maybe it's coming from a place where I feel like this is the only way I'm not boring if I, if I keep on surprising. I, I look, and if bo- I wouldn't be surprising, then, you know, things would be pretty boring. And that's uh, how I always, always was. But I never really thought into it. And now that I'm thinking about it, it, it might be coming from a place where I'm not 
fully comfortable with myself, so I feel I'll like tell I you what, have let to me play my therapist head. Let me calm down a little and take care of the frustration just from that game. Let me shift it back to you. Why do you think it's not healthy? Your sound, you're presenting it so healthy. Where's your question? Um, I'll tell you, I didn't think about it till now. It just hit me, and I didn't want to make assumptions on my own because really, it's nothing. Right. There's nothing so wrong with it. Is that an issue it. where you have a doubt? What's the doubts? Again, you're repeating. You don't want to think on your own. Why should it be a problem? Um, it, no, I guess it doesn't have to be. Okay. I'm thinking why. Well, Maybe because I, I don't it's want too to much. Say it's not, I want to leave it with you, which means when a person asks a question, some part of them feels it's not healthy. I want you to come forward. I do this to all my clients. Instead of shifting onto me, I shift it back to you. You know mm-hmm. both sides. You tell me which part of you thinks it's not healthy and which part of you thinks it is healthy. You do the talking. Instead of shifting it to So the part that's healthy is because it's always nice to surprise and, you know, uh, giving is a very nice thing. And the part that's unhealthy is, tell, is coming from a place where maybe I'm doing it because and what I'm do not you comfortable think? with Good. myself. Great. And what do you think it is? Um, yeah. it's, hard to, it's hard for me because no, no, really I always felt very comfortable about say, giving. Give it percentages. What percentage? You could say 30% you think it's healthy and 30% you think it's not healthy. What do you think? Um, I think myself maybe it's 70% healthy and 30% unhealthy. Oh, but good. maybe no, I'm not right. I, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's what I'm thinking about myself. So if it's 30% unhealthy, is that good enough still? Now, let's go shift it right back to you. Do you think if it's 30% not healthy, do you think you need to change that? I don't think there's a need to change because really there's nothing wrong. I just want to know how I should feel more comfortable with myself. So I shouldn't feel like I have oh, to give. So I should anyway healthy? give. You want to be not comfortable because... if it's 30% not healthy. Is that what you're saying? That what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Uh, no, all I'm saying is so you want to be comfortable with yourself even though it's 30% not healthy. Or I want to become healthy. I want it to be- become like zero percent. Um, oh, then let's go into it. Then let's start understanding which part of which, what's part of the thirty percent that's not healthy. Let's go into the not healthy part. What part's not healthy about giving? It's so nice to give. Which part do you feel isn't healthy? What do you feel you're doing because you're not healthy? I'm giving maybe because I want. Um, um, I feel like this is how I'm going to keep going. Um, and I'm so not you're afraid be... that if you won't give 30% of you, is afraid that what's going to happen? I'm going to be boring. I, 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 oh, I'm, so I'm afraid of being boring. Let's understand that. So you're afraid that people will look at you as boring, so instead you mm-hmm. always have to keep them happy and surprised. Now, mm-hmm. what's wrong if you'd be boring? I don't want to be boring. I want well, what's wrong? to yeah, be let's happy go to be... What's wrong if you're boring? Yeah, let's go into it. What happens if you're called boring? Let's start having you identify what's your fear, the 30% that's not comfortable. What's wrong if you're called a boring person? Who told you it's not good to be boring? Is this a family that everyone has to be mm, At all not. Um, is it school? Me, myself, I, I, I don't friends? think... Where, where did you pick it up? Me, myself, we pick things up. We, we learn things. Yes, I, yes I, I understand that. Um, I'm thinking if anyone was like that. Yeah, um, if I picked it up from that if you're bubbly, or is it family that told you you have to be loud, or look at this cousin that's loud... Is it someone no, that's successful I think it's, in your I, friends? I, I know things come from places, but this is something I, I can't figure out where it's coming okay, from. Okay, so you picked it up on your own that if you're not bubbly, then it's a problem. And, and um, not necessarily bubbly. If, if, um, now that I think about it, it really doesn't make sense that if I don't give, I'm boring. But th- I guess this was the feeling that I had up until now, that if I'm not going to be 
giving right. as much. Okay, so what we create a little the awareness is the U.S. is it healthy or not? So what you got clear is that it's seventy percent yes, thirty percent not. And if you ever choose to work on the thirty percent that's not, that's good. And if not, then when you be giving, there'll always be that little nagging going on in your head. Maybe I'm giving too much. Right, but there's nothing really wrong with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're asking me? I'm not going to answer that question. You have to be at ease with yourself. You'll have 30%. Right, I understand. But if, I, if, if I'm pretty okay with it, it's just I just wanted to make sure that there's nothing majorly wrong. Um, Harav Nissa, what yes. do you say? I, say, I said that, that uh, in, in their terms, like, uh, God is, is boring. He's always giving. And uh, it's really <laughs> something, you know, I, I, for me, the, the word boring, is, it's, I don't know, I don't know how to, to, to explain it. Is, is, is any moment boring in our life? It's something no, that, I you know, I, 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 don't, I don't see it, you know. I, I, I know that I heard it a lot of, even for my kids. Oh, I'm bored, I'm bored. I don't know what is this. Is it true? Is it something that I cannot, I, I, I cannot experience to be boring as a BMA human, to be a Jewish uh, person, to be bored with so many mm-hmm. things to around us. It's, right. it's amazing, you know. So first of all, giving, it's, 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 it's a, a, a ma'ala of, of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. It's something that's always giving. It's great. I think that you don't feel, that you, you feel somehow... Uh, I, I don't know the you the was the you abused the way you giving away you so much you know this is what I I got the feel you know that and especially I think that if you are really giving giving from all your art and we know that you get it back from other art you know and this mm-hmm. is this something that will be especially in a marriage a new marriage it's beautiful to give and give and it will reflect on your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, thank you so much for the awareness. I really appreciate it, and you should be able to continue helping many people. Thank you, and continue making surprises. The 70% (laughs) enjoy the peacefulness and excitement, and for many, many people, and especially for marriages, husbands, if he's the type that he loves surprises, he is so lucky. If he's (laughs) the type that he likes stability and no changes, (laughs) then it won't be that. uh, It's marriage, that's it. (laughs) That's it, just be aware that understanding yourself and being at ease with yourself is the beauty and then you're able to give for yourself imagine you would even try just surprising yourself get yourself a gift yes i do that at some times i know what it means i I want to apologize for my frustration don't worry Uh, about that we got like a couple of minutes and i wasn't getting it and And that's fine that's okay my calmness kicked in as well thank you anyway okay thank you sure sure okay we're going to go to ms Miss G. Say it again. Who is it? Miss G. Miss Miss S. Miss S. Oh, sorry. Miss oh, Miss S. S. Okay. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, you're Hello? on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Yes. Hello? Yes. Hello. Hi. Um, yes. First of all, thank you so much for your shows. Um, basically, my question is, I'm holding in the middle of midterms now, and... Um, I get, like, really stressed out. I sit down with, like, tons of work. And basically, because I'm so stressed out, because I know that I have so much work ahead of me, like, I get so little done, and I do it so slow because I get, like, all stressed out that I have so much left. Yeah. You're a normal teenager. So how, how can I, like... Deal, like deal with the stress so like I have less stress that I should be able to get more done in uh, less amount of time well 
number one, I'd like, let's understand what's the situation. The situation is as follows. You're taking midterms, and taking midterms can be a matter, let's, let's use a cognitive approach. Cognitive means the therapy of modality of thinking is we want to change your thought patterns. Let's recognize. The, there's that they call it right, really from the REBT therapy, Rationally Motive Behavioral Therapy. That's like really where cognitive therapy started from. And I like using their example of the ABC, activating event, belief, and see conclusion. And when I explain cognitive therapy, I use their model. So let's understand it. Activating event means a person gets fired from the job. That's the event. See the conclusion, they get depressed. So cognitive therapy tells you that's not true. There is a belief in the middle. The belief is that whoever gets fired is a loser. So therefore, activating event, I got fired. B, uh, whoever gets fired is a loser. C, I'm depressed. Now, what they do in cognitive therapies, we try to change, we aim to change the belief. What will happen if the belief is a day you get fired, you get a million dollars, and every business you get fired from, you get a million dollars. Now it goes, A, activating event, I force myself to get fired. B, I get fired, I make a million dollars, what a success. C, I'm thrilled, jumping from joy, and now we're on vacation every day after we talk, every time the day after we get fired. Now, let's go to your concept about there's midterms. So A, the activating event is a midterm. Conclusion, you're stressed, you're worried about the future. Right? What's the belief that you have regarding that? What do you mean? Like I, uh, the belief is you have out? to get perfect. The belief is if you don't get a good mark, you're not going to have a lot of friends. The belief is your parents might be pressuring you. The belief the is belief? other friends. What's the, belief the belief is that I that I want to get that I want to get a perfect mark. Not even that I want to get a perfect mark. That in order for me to pass this test, I need to at least know everything perfectly. And that's right. Once so now, I'm studying already, there. Hold I on. might as let's well do there. it. Hold on, hold on. Let's go deal with this belief now. What would happen to anyone that would have that belief? Not just you. They get stressed out. That's right. Imagine me and Harv Nissen would have a belief that every question that comes in, we must be able to answer. Then How do you, you think I would feel if that happens? Very stressed out. That's right. And I just want to remind everyone the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. So what that means is as follows, that if you have a, if you have a belief that you must do perfect at all times, you're guaranteeing your conclusion, no matter what the activating event should be, will be stress and tension. So now, so, how would you want to change that belief? What would you want to change that belief to, regardless of what the action is? Um, that I don't have to be perfect. Well, how would you not want to be perfect? It's going to be very depressing. If I'm not perfect, I'm what? Right. I'm a loser. So how about something else? How about getting an 80 on an exam is wonderful. How about the goal is to do well on a test that I'm smiling and I'm enjoying life as well as doing well in school? So so how how do I... I just sit down to study. I get stressed out no matter... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just did a teenage thing. You just went right back to your question. Let's go back to... Um, let's focus where we're holding. Don't go back. And when we finish this step, then we'll see if your question will change. Now, what will you change your belief about the exam? 
If your belief is you must get it perfect, then we said, we concluded, you will be stressed and I'll be stressed. If I have to do a task and it has to be perfect, if that's the belief, I will be stressed. What are we changing the new belief to? So to me, my belief on the radio program is just to create awareness. So if I can answer the question, create awareness, good. If I can, then I can create awareness with that question. I'll go to the next question. So I have two points, two goals, is to create A, an awareness, and actually B, have a good time, have a lot of fun. And Mayor of Nissen, have a great time. We enjoy it. So do you see how, now how would you feel if you would have to go on the radio when you don't have to know every question, you don't have to know, you don't have to understand every question, you don't have to understand it and know every answer, and your goal is just to create an awareness and to have a good time. How would it feel then if you'd be going on the radio? That's much better and more calm. Good. Now, what goals would you want to change for studying? How about studying is meant for me to, re- to review? A test is, ex- is meant for me just to review the material, not to get perfect, not to mark. That feels so, much yeah, better. I reviewed it, and for me to remember it more long term, what would happen then? What? How would you feel if the test is just for you to, uh, is to have you study? Not to get well on the mark, not to focus on the mark, to focus on studying. That feels, that feels better. It's less stressful. Okay, so now, if you're going to think you just have to basically know the information that you know about, how would you feel then now when you're going to start studying for a test? Much better. And how will your conclusion be? So let's realize, activating event is studying for a test. B, your belief is you just need to remember the information. The goal is to remember information, not about the test. Now, what will your conclusion be when you say much better? Would it be calmer? Would you be able to have a good time and smile? Yeah. So do you notice how this is cognitive, cognitive therapy, just kind of just changing your belief, changing the thought. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Now... I would like to still put in some fun in it. So we've just changed your belief that you're calmer, that taking a test is meaning just to review the information. How about if you can actually review the information and share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, with family members? You know what I learned today? Something so interesting. How would you feel then if you're studying for a test? Um feels good that I'm using the material that, that I studied. That's right. So sometimes when I even took a workshop, I would share the information with people on the phone line, those that, like, you know, on the daily, I have a part, like a daily question and answer. And I even enjoyed listening to the information and learning because I get to share it with others. Then sometimes I stopped it because then people started thinking they're therapists and I started getting some trigger questions when I shared information. So I give more general. But notice, it's about... When you change your belief, you thought about it, a lot of things change along those lines. Haravnissa, what do you say about this? Yeah, the, so, and the, the question like this, unfortunately, we, we are running after the mark and not what, uh, what we need to learn. And uh, I know that it's, it's, it's environment also. It could be the teacher, it could be the, the parents, and it could be the class. Uh, the, you know, it's creating the pressure to get the hundreds and... The, all these, uh, you know, excellent uh, numbers, but the all the idea that try to get uh, uh, to get the the knowledge, and the most important is what you're doing with this knowledge. 
And it's you don't you don't learn to the test because the mark it's part of it. It's nice to get a mark, but it's 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 nicer to know to understand what you learn and what you're going to use it. This is my right, my no. point of view. That's right. And the easiness and the chillness in life, just to go at ease, to be relaxed, there's enough pressure and responsibility that's going on in life. Imagine you could have tests and just be relaxed about the whole process. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if all of a sudden you're going to realize that there was pressures in life, tests, and you, because of the tests, you didn't enjoy. You weren't smiling every day. Wouldn't that be such a waste? Yeah. Imagine you would learn how to be able to take exams, tests, and just be relaxed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Thank you. And okay, thank I just you gotta so say, much. You're very welcome. I'm over here in my room, in my studio over here in my house. And I first have my two daughters, Razie and Rena, my eight-year-old and my five-year-old. And one is doing almost like backflips in front of me, which is adorable. So I'm enjoying it. And then I have two more Hever just came to join me, Yehuda and Simcha, also neighbors that came over. So it's really a lot of fun and nice. A lot's happening here. You see how easy it is? Imagine this would be such a serious matzah. I wouldn't be enjoying the programs. Instead, it's a lot of fun. All right, let's go to Miss C. We have Miss C on the air. Hello, is that me? Yes, it's you. Hi, okay. First of all, I want to thank you. I really appreciate your program every single week. And I can't believe I had the courage to call. Yeah. Okay, so my question was, I guess, I heard one of your programs a few weeks ago, and a girl was talking about a relationship, over-identification, and all such things. And I, my ears perked up, and I'm like, sounds very familiar. So basically, I'm in a relationship now that it started like two years ago, and I could describe it as over-identification. We really are very, very, very good friends. Mm-hmm. And we called it, we were very, we knew, like, what's going on. We're like, we would discuss it, and we'd say, yeah, we are dependent on each other's. But there was no way out of it, because we were dependent on each other's. And I think Let's that... Let's go backwards. You'll give me the history. Could you first tell me what's your question? Then yeah, we'll my question it. is, I guess, I am still yeah. in the relationship now. Now yeah. I'm still dependent on her. Is it the right thing to... What's my, the right approach? How should I go to this relationship? Should I, should I try to finish it? How, how can I make the relationship not be a dependent relationship anymore? Well, the way we get out of dependent relationships are actually having an opinion, having an existence. Who am I? I that's the thing. When I went into relationships... Let me share with you an example. Mm-hmm. If I have only one place where I can eat, right, and we have to eat three times a day, and I only right. have one restaurant, now I'm dependent on that one place. What happens right. if I have four restaurants? Am I right, but like that, that girl said, I have other friends. I do. It's just when it comes to her, I do have to do like my other friends well, when it comes to it it's, it's, it's a different thing it's like a different feeling it's like an exhilarating feeling it's like whoa I'm complete now like good so let me try that question again let me rephrase my answer differently you okay. might have many restaurants out there but you only like one restaurant right. I don't care if there are 20 restaurants are you still codependent to one restaurant 
I am because I'll keep coming back to that restaurant. And That's I'll... right. Now let's try something else. So the way you help yourself is you help yourself identify what do you like about this restaurant. What right, are your I know. needs? What's I, your I know why I'm dependent on her. Oh, because yeah, why? Go I, ahead, share it. When the relationship started, my self-esteem was very, very low at that point in my life, and I really felt like she filled up a very big like part of my thing. But now, after I worked on myself and I feel that I'm okay ready, and it's, I'm still dependent on her. Does that make sense at all? Um, I don't like the words that you said. You built your self-esteem and you're not dependent on her. If you're not dependent on her, then you wouldn't need her. Then you would have three more but friends. I still need her because the I guess like it's her. like the same pacifier. It's the same like feeling like as if, as if like, I, I guess I still need that pacifier. Let's stop. If you just said, I guess I need that pacifier, that pacifier means you're still in the trap, means you didn't heal yourself. So you might have built your self-esteem. Let's give an example. You might have two hands that Hasram had an infection. You mm-hmm. healed one hand, but you didn't heal the second one. If you're right. still only dependent on this one friend, or the, you get your high... And it depends, but it depends is not all the time. It's like, at times, that well, I'm very, very dependent on I feel like... I feel like like, I've answered it, and now I'm, like, repeating myself now five times. I'm trying mm-hmm. to convince you. Could you tell me what I said? Like, that's sometimes when I get a little frustrated. It's not your issue. It's my issue. Like, I feel I said it, and now you're going to give me sorry. five <laughs> different ways why it's not it. And then at the tenth time, you'll say, oh, I see what you're saying. Let's, let's mm-hmm. try to avoid me repeating myself ten times. Uh, I hear you. You're, you're basically telling me that was, I should try to work on seeing... The other things in my life. Let me do it differently. No. What I said is as follows. If you, you use the words, you used to be dependent on her. She built your self-esteem. Now she you didn't. have a self-esteem. I built my self-esteem myself. Okay. Let's, it has nothing to do with her. It was totally... Okay, okay let's, let's not now nitpick my words. Let's mm-hmm. get the concept. Okay. You said you needed her. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have a self-esteem. However it happened, by being with her, you built your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. However, when you're with everyone, with anyone else, you don't get the same rush that you get with her. Right. And what my reply was to you is as follows. If you are still stuck that there's only one restaurant that supplies your need, mm-hmm. then you're still codependent. You're trapped that you can't fulfill mm-hmm. yourself. Because if you're healthy within yourself, you will be able to find other relationships, other restaurants that will fulfill your need. Mm-hmm. If you can't and you're stuck in one place, that's a sign. It's a simon. Don't tell me how healthy you are. It's a simon that you're not in a certain area. Not all over in a certain area. Not all over in a certain mm-hmm. area. Now, saying. repeat to me what I just said before you're going to tell me why you're healthy. I'm not saying why I'm healthy, so how can I, if you're saying this, how can I help No, no, let's not start that. First, repeat to me what I said. Let's do that. This is what I do with all my clients. Repeat. So you said that if I claim that I'm still dependent on her, that means that... No, if you I claim, claim you're healthy... If you I claim I'm healthy, then I wouldn't now, be dependent on her. You're not dependent on her. Right. Then... Basically, I cannot... It doesn't make sense that I'm healthy and dependent on her. That's right. That's it's exactly either or. what I'm Either I'm healthy or I'm dependent on her. That's right. Now, we could like someone, but then we'll get right. the same rush from other friends, or we can disconnect from them. What happens right. if you don't talk to them for two weeks? I... <laughs> I, I, I wanted to work on it, so I tried, like, not talking with you for, like, even one day. It was yeah. that bad. And it was so, so hard. But Let's I did stop. it. I felt Hold so on. good about Hold myself. Hold on. Now, does that sound to you like someone that is healthy, that's not codependent, as you were putting it? 
No, I am. I know I'm still codependent. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't get you saying that. I didn't. I know. I, I said I'm still codependent, but I'm healthy. I'm healthy and the, the, the root of the relationship. The reason why I became friends with her is. Hold on. Help me put those two together. You're saying you're healthy, and I get confused when you're saying you're codependent. Let's right. put those two together. How is that possible? Because I think the reason why I became friends with her is it was already fulfilled. I'm still not getting it. Explain that to me again. Here's where I need a little clarification. If you could repeat that two, three times for me. If well, let's say, let's say I became friends with her. Let's say I became friends with her. Let's say I was hurting in a relationship once, and I became friends with her. And that felt like, and my, so after that, I was hurt in that relationship. I was very, very hurt. And so I became friends with her, and that, like, really made me feel good. And it went on for a long time, and it just went on and on and on. And... And by now, I'm already healed from that relationship that I was hurt in. Hold on, still... let's stop, let's stop, let's stop. Let me understand this. Are you healed from the relationship that you were hurt in? Um, let's I guess. take that thought. I, I think so, but I guess maybe not. question that. What? Right, let's take that thought. Is it true? Again, what do you say? Excuse me? Let's understand. You just said a premise. You had a painful relationship, and you're healed from that. Is that true? I hope. Um, I, I think so. Okay, then if you, now let's look at something. How do we know if you're actually, you know, like someone goes to the dietician and they're uh, saying they're on the diet, they say they didn't cheat, and all of a sudden they gained five pounds. Is that true? Um, I guess, yeah, no. Exactly. So if you said you're healthy, you're, he you're healed now from that relationship, mm -hmm. then do you still need your friend? If you're now healed... Do you still need that friend? I guess not. So I have another question. Okay, How so do now, I know so myself? Here's, here's where I got confused with you. You're using words, but in my mind, I hear other words. That's where the confusion mm -hmm. came in. So let's not use the word healed now. Maybe use the word you're stronger than you were a year ago. Right. So I, my question now is to you is, how can I be strong that I shouldn't be dependent how can I heal my self-esteem that, that was hurt then, that I thought oh, was healed? Oh, who said it's self-esteem? You see, notice how you're already diagnosing yourself and, <clears throat> and, excuse me, and saying what's the problem. I don't believe that the issue is your self-esteem and all that stuff. No. I believe we've got to go a little bit deeper and start asking questions about your family a little more. How um, my family's fine. Your family? how does your, I don't want you to answer any of these questions because mm -hmm. you're young. I just want to start creating an awareness for everyone listening. When someone has got codependence and they need their friends, as many times in the family they're not getting the support where their parents can tell them, oh, you're strong and you're solid on your own and you don't need others. We're missing a lot of that information. We're missing a lot it's of the information. It's not that. I, I do come from a very, very strong family. It's really not that. It's okay, that good. So I'll tell I you what. Let's not go into what. Now, we're just creating. Let, let's put this way. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing therapy on you, right? This isn't right. therapy. This is awareness. So let me, let me just do my, my awareness, Okay. So I'm helping those parents that are aware how to break, you know, that, that you know, just to break codependent cycles, okay? Mm -hmm. So now we're not talking about you. Your comfort, okay. everything is wonderful by you, Baruch Hashem, and, you know, more than one. It is. I, I'm yeah. fine. It's just, at certain times, it just takes over my life, and I just want to know how Great, to exactly. It. Sometimes you can't even not talk to your friend for one day. It's just not sometimes. Not sometimes, it's all the time. Right, it, that's my point. Thank you. Picking up my sarcasm. So notice how you have a talent of minimizing things and things like that. And that's why I'm not your therapist. This is just an awareness. 
So I would like for those listening just to hear what it sounds like when we're codependent, when we need someone, and we like to tell us because we're getting stronger, but we're still so trapped to them. And if we don't speak to them for one day, we're falling apart. And then if they don't speak to us, we're falling apart. And the goal is to start finding the inner strength within ourselves. How can I be so strong that today I can choose to speak to A, and tomorrow choose not to speak to A, and the next day choose to speak to B, and to have a group of friends, and then to eventually even say, today I'm choosing not to speak to anyone, I just want to speak to myself and be at ease with myself. That's the sign of when you're healthy. Now, if you're not able to, and you are codependent to others, we need to start doing our inner evaluation, our, our emotional cheshman and efforts. What's wrong with me? Why am I afraid to be by myself? What's wrong with myself that I don't please myself? What's wrong that if I have others will disagree with me that I'm, I'm not, that there's a problem within me? What are my fears if I would disagree or if I would be alone? Does that mean people don't like me? As we had with that previous caller, what's the inner beliefs if you're not connected to someone? And it goes a lot deeper than that codependence, and it's important to be able to recognize and what they are. So I want to thank you for your question. We're just you're welcome. An awareness. And I'm sorry for being such a hard patient. No, no, it's okay. You're allowed to do that. And <laughs> you just be yourself. You just enjoy yourself. I do. <laughs> Everything great, and I appreciate it. I think there was a lot of awareness that people got just from your, your just from your question. Okay, I feel better just asking the question. So thanks so much. I appreciate uh, it. You're so welcome. You're so welcome, Harvey. Listen, okay. maybe what would you say to this? Ah, you know, this is everything was. <laughs> you 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 said everything. I think that uh, in the middle of. Uh, Working and working, working and out, and I see improvement. That that's that's all idea. That uh, and listen, now that you're talking, like one day, one thing that I can almost say that I'm dependent on Jehu. Thanks so much for everything you do. Thank you. Ah, now that's <laughs> a healthy dependence. <laughs> this is thank that's you healthy, very much. and we gotta thank Arvinissa for making it happen. Uh, thank right. You. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Real class. You're welcome. Okay. okay. All uh, right, Arvinissa. Uh, we're gonna. We got like three, four minutes left. Let's take. Let's take Miss Mrs. T. Hello. Hello, Mrs. T. Are you on? I think that we uh, we lost. All right. It. Okay, we lost. Oh, we lost. Okay, so. All right, we'll give it one more time. I, the number to call is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. We'll see if it's Miss T. We'll go to her. Okay. We got you. We have text. That's really. I just. Uh, I don't know if you okay, want to. Okay, tell read. me which one. You sent me so many. Texts I, I, the last here. one. The last one. The I last, guess it okay, seems like I you, think it was also similar to the last call yes. that we just had. Yes. Hi, Mordechai. Can you help me out? I'm in therapy, working on our marriage, and also in twelve-step program due to being a co-addict, which means codependent. So there's a lot of stress around. Bar Hashem, with therapy, I logically know to let go of fear and stress. But emotionally, it doesn't work, and I still occasionally get these nervous butterflies in my stomach. Sorry, I can't call up yet, but I appreciate reading my question. The funny part is, I'm not sure what the question is. We hear that she's codependent, means she's trapped, that she needs to help, she needs to do things, she's always thinking for others, and by her thinking and worrying for others, doesn't only, not only does it not make it better, but it even makes it worse. And... And now she's saying she's in therapy, and she's saying it got so much better, but still sometimes she gets stressed, even though she knows she shouldn't be stressed. 
Well, first of all, that's normal. means I have a lot of times concerns, and I'm sure you have things that we, our mind tells us it's okay. That's normal. And we allow ourselves to happen. And one of the steps that we want to learn is maybe some self-soothing techniques. What can you do to ease your concern? Should we take, should we take the Aravness in your choice? Okay, the, you I would say that's the last phone. Okay, Miss L. All right, let's go. We got two minutes. We're going to go. So, Ms. L, you're on with Mordechai and Aravness. Hi, how are you? Um, I just had a question. You were just talking about the person, uh, the last, not the last call, the call before that, about like changing the way you think about a thing, the belief, sure. like the ABC. So yeah. I was just wondering if, like you have, like I, I'm in therapy and I'm also working on that, but I feel like when your belief has been that way for the past, let's say, 28 years, you know what I'm saying? It's, I feel like it's much harder to get your belief changed and of I don't know course. if I'm making sense, but like I feel like it's more, like for me, it's more overwhelming, like, Okay, I understand, and I know that I have to think that kind of a way, but when it comes down to it, I just revert to my... Wait, since we got one minute, let me just answer you short instead of giving you the ability to talk. That is why cognitive therapy realized that cognitive therapy doesn't work that well when someone's in it for a long time. So that's when they added on behavioral therapy. That's why the method that we do today is called cognitive behavioral therapy. So we take a thought that now that you change the belief and now you actually have to put it into action it means you need to have the exposure and when you actually do that action the new action five six seven ten times then there are major shifts that happen in your belief oh i was afraid i approached the person i studied i was more relaxed i called up a friend so like we'd have it now how can you practice you'd add in, add in a behavior to that girl with her exam like, I will laugh in the middle, I will tell a joke to my parents, I'll repeat something to the teacher or to the friends, and then it was easy. So if you actually put a behavior in the cognition, there's big shift. It's like an action to the... To the That's point. right. If you just okay. do the cognitive without the action, they didn't found it worked so well. And if you just do the behavior without the action, it doesn't work so well. Okay, I understand. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Just That's right. So if we got the cognitive and the behavioral together, it works out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Now you, you got it. That's cognitive. And that's why I even add on the subconscious component, because I find even that cognitive behavior doesn't always work. So we try all three, putting them in together. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Harv Nissen, thank, thank you for thank another you wonderful much. evening. Thank you and very thank much. And thank for this and for all the callers. Appreciate it. Merit Hashem. Looking forward to taking your questions and your comments next week.